Hey, you're listening to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. The last few weeks have been a little bit atypical for us as we've had to navigate exposure to COVID-19. So in not meeting for worship on Sunday, uh, this past Sunday on the 28th, we'll also not be meeting again this Sunday, July 5th. But this week's sermon uh, from Matt Dean is on the name of God, Adonai. And it serves as a foundational name of God throughout the whole of Scripture. And so wherever you find yourself over the course of this holiday week and weekend, we hope that this sermon brings life into your days. And that as you think about the names of God, remember how much He loves you and how much He has done for you, pursuing you and saving you in and through His Son. This is The Name Above All Names, Week 4 with Matt Dean. Grace Auburn, it's good to be with you today. I am standing in an empty room, but I am grateful for how we are able to connect today. We began this series, The Names of God, in an effort to lift our eyes above the hurt and pain our world is facing, to see God and to see that He alone is the ultimate solution and hope for the world. We are looking at the names of God, different ways to see the same God, different ways to know the same God, different ways throughout the Bible that our God revealed his goodness and kindness through his love and mercy, his power and wisdom, his justice and strength. He is worthy to be known. In week one, we were reminded of the stunning reality of the gospel from Philippians, we see that Jesus offered his very life so that we could have life in him forever. The gospel is good news, exceptionally great news for the world. And we believe that what Jesus accomplished through his life, death, and resurrection is hope for the world. In week two, we learned about Elohim. Like a title, Elohim is creator God who brings order and life. He's the God of ultimate power. He speaks and it is. From his abundant power and generosity, he creates man in his own image. Moses shares that this Elohim was different. He's come to rescue. His kindness is unrivaled. In week three, we looked at Yahweh, the great I am. I am who I am. This name shows up 6,000 times as Lord in all capital letters, in the Old Testament. This knowable, personable God is constant and unchanging. Elohim shows us God's creativity and power, but Yahweh, Jehovah, reveals his personal name. I am who I am. He was not created. In Malachi chapter three, he says, for I, the Lord, the I am who I am, do not change. In your English Bibles, it looks like L-O-R-D in all capital letters. Today, we are looking at Adonai. This name of God appears more than 400 times in the Bible, and it is best translated as master or ruler. This name is connected to the idea of ownership and dominion. We see this word in our English Bible as Lord, capital L-O-R-D. But remember that Lord and Lord both appear in the Bible, Capital L, Lord, L-O-R-D, and all caps, L-O-R-D, help us understand God's greatness in different ways. He is the same God, but those names have different meanings. Today, we are focusing on Lord with a capital L, capital L-O-R-D, Lord. 
Why is it helpful to know the names of God? It changes how we read the Bible, and it helps us see him in greater fullness. Most language experts would agree that immersion is the best way to learn a new language, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of listening. Several years ago, my family and I moved to China, and while I had studied Chinese before moving there, I discovered upon arrival that I really did not know anything at all. And when we arrived, I barely stood anything and could only read a few words. I remember not knowing how to order food or count or even respond to basic questions. I remember needing to buy diapers and baby wipes, which on a side note, I have now been buying for 16 years and not knowing how to say diapers and baby wipes. Imagine standing in a crowded Chinese Walmart and trying to ask where baby wipes are with sign language. It was awkward to say the very least. I can also remember, though, learning how to describe the kindness of God and sharing about his powerful love, but it takes time. It takes time to understand language, and the same is true for you and me. Yes, simply saying God loves you is true, but it really helps when we are able to say something like this. The sovereign, ruling, reigning, powerful, I am who I am, master of the universe, king of all kings, God who is perfect in every way, strong beyond description, majestic beyond comparison, that God loves you. That's what language does. It helps capture and communicate ideas and truth. And that is why we are learning the names of God. Over time, living in China, I discovered what words actually meant. And more importantly, I was able to meaningfully speak to people about Jesus and his love. But as I've been thinking about today's message, I wonder how many of us read our Bibles in English but don't actually know the full meaning of the language. And studying the names of God has personally helped me see God in greater fullness. I'm praying that as we hear the different names of God, we will come to know him in greater fullness. Sadly, our secular human culture can easily and sinfully throw around words like God or Lord or even use the name of Jesus profanely as though slandering his name is somehow funny. But it's not. It takes time and it takes immersion in God's word to know him for who he really is. Do you want to know him? Just for the record, God is to be honored above all else. He is to be revered above all else. He is worthy of respect above all others. And we as his people are to be people that highly honor who he is. In Hebrew, the word Lord is Adonai. I'll give you an example from Psalm 54 where we see this unfold. Psalm 54 says a few things. It says, save me, O God, Elohim, by your name. But then it also says, God is my help. The Lord, Adonai, is the one who sustains me. I will praise your name, Lord, Yahweh. I am who I am, for it is good. In this one psalm, we see the same God referred to as the creator, the I am who I am, and the ruler and owner of all. But I think sometimes when we read in English, our understanding falls short of the depth and majesty of those names. In the New Testament, the word in Hebrew, Adonai, shows up in Greek as Kyrios. Lord is Kyrios in Greek. So I'll share a quick example of that as well. In Luke chapter 10, verse 21, this is what 
uh, unfolds. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, says, I praise you, Father, Lord, Adonai of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus turns to his disciples and says privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Now in this passage, we see the Trinity and we hear Jesus saying, I praise you, Father, Lord, Kyrios, or in Hebrew, Adonai, praise you, Father, Lord, Adonai, Lord of heaven and earth. In other words, ruler, master, owner of heaven and earth. If we look more closely, there are several stories in the Bible where people have had some serious issues, some clear and demonstrated human frailty. And what we see is that God is the only one who can make it right. But let's be more specific. There are some stories where we see God addressed as Adonai, the God who rules and reigns, the God who is sovereign. And yes, he is the same God who creates, the same God who is kind, the same God who is, I am who I am. But we see a human response that reveals submission to God as ruler and dependent upon God. In the life of Abraham, we see God make a promise. To this very old man, the Lord, the I am who I am, promised to make Abram a great nation. But as the story unfolds, we see a blend of faith and obedience, but also sin and human struggle. We see in Genesis chapter 15, the word of the Lord, the I am who I am, come to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abram, for I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, O Adonai God, what will you give me? for I continue childless. Abram says, Lord God, which means sovereign, ruling, creator God. But he also says this, there's no way I can become a great nation if I can't have children. And here we see the doubt of man and the demonstrated faithfulness of God play out. We see the story unfold in the next few chapters where God does fulfill his promise to Abraham and Sarah at the age of 99 where the Lord, the I am who I am, appears again to them. Let's read this together from Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord, Adonai, appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. And then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. In verse three, it says, Abram fell face down, and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. And I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan 
where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Then God says to Abraham in verse nine, as for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. Now, as the Lord reveals this covenant, Abraham is faced with a choice. Will he believe God? Will he yield to him as Lord, as Adonai, as ruler? God says in verse 15 to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. Now look at what happens in verse 16. The Lord says, I will bless her and surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come to her. Now in verse 17, we see an interesting response. Abraham fell face down and he laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Abraham humbles himself before God. And in this story, we see Abraham refer to God by many names, Elohim, Yahweh, El Shaddai, which means God Almighty, and Adonai. We see that Abraham submits to him as a loving, ruling authority. But ultimately, Abraham, Abraham had to yield his life to God. He had to yield to him as ruler. Now, we see something very similar in the life of Moses. Let's look together at Exodus chapter 3. We're going to get into a little bit of chapter 4. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Verse five, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse seven, the Lord, Adonai, the ruler, Adonai said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the home of Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are opposing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When the people have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. 
And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, Adonai, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, Adonai, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and I have seen what has been done to you in Egypt, and I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord Adonai, the one who rules and reigns, the Lord Adonai, the God of the Hebrews has met with us, let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord, Adonai, our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So the Lord says, so I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. And after that, he will let you go. The Lord goes on, and I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. Now, Moses answers, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Here again, we see the doubt of man and the demonstrated faithfulness of God unfold. And the question Moses says of what if they don't believe me is met with the Lord's response in verse two. The Lord says to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, Moses replies. The Lord says, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord Adonai, the ruler said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reaches out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into his staff in his hand. This says the Lord Adonai, this says Adonai, is so that they may believe that the Lord Adonai is the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. In other words, these things are so that they may believe. Verse six, then the Lord Adonai said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses puts his hand back into the cloak and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord Adonai said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground and the water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Now watch what happens. Even after these miracles and signs, Moses still has doubts. In verse 10, Moses says to the Lord, Adonai, Moses says to the ruling, reigning Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. 
I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses is not feeling up to the task, even though the Lord, Adonai, the one who rules and reigns, is right there with him. Verse 11, this is what happens. The Lord said to him, Adonai says to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord, Adonai? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But look at verse 13. Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord, Adonai, please send someone else. Please send someone else. Please send someone else. Moses initially says, Lord, Adonai, send someone else. Moses said to the I am who I am, Lord, there's no way I can lead if I can't even speak. Please send someone else. Verse 14. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. And he will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to them. But take this staff in your hands so that you can perform signs with it. Abraham says, hey, I can't be a nation if I don't have children. But Lord, you are my master, my ruler, Adonai. Moses, he says, there's, there's no way I can lead if I can't even speak. But Lord, you are my master, my ruler, Adonai. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter six, Jesus is teaching on the Beatitudes. He's teaching about loving your enemies. He's teaching about judging people. And he's teaching about how from the abundance of our hearts, our mouths speak. And then he says in verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, Adonai, Adonai, Kyrios, Kyrios? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood came and the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Why do you call me Kyrios, Adonai? Why do you call me Lord and Master and not do what I say? Again, let's remember. This word, Lord, Adonai, means one who possesses and exercises power and authority and to whom respect is ascribed. Saying he is God and believing him as God are not the same thing. Listen to these verses in light of his dominion his ownership, his control, his responsibility, his worthiness to be trusted, his authority as we willingly, humbly yield to him in obedience, as we trust him. Listen to this from John chapter 20, starting in verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. This is after the cross. This is the Easter moment. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. 
But he said to him, unless I see in his hands and the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord, my ruler, my Adonai, my Kyrios, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Thomas says, my Lord, my ruler, my master, my God, my Adonai. Can you say the same thing? Is Jesus your Lord, your ruler? Listen to how the Apostle Paul encouraged the early church in Corinth. He says this, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. In Galatians, Paul says it this way, far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Peter says it this way in his letter to the early church. Peter says this, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord, the Adonai, the Kyrios, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you and do it with gentleness and respect. Is there anything in your life that looks like you are in control rather than yielded to him? Is there any circumstance you are facing that would be best yielded to him? Are you building your life on a foundation of trust and submission to Jesus as Lord? Abraham couldn't be a father until God made that possible. And Moses couldn't lead in his own capacity. Paul learned through humility and suffering that his only boast was in Christ the Lord. Peter learned through failure how to honor Jesus as Lord. And what will it take for you to honor Jesus as Lord, as master, as your loving, ruling, reigning authority in your life and over your life because he is your life? And saying, I think there is a God is quite different than saying, you are my God and I trust you. I submit to you. I need you. I believe you. I honor you. I repent before you. I want you to lead me. I respect you as over me, as wiser than me, as more powerful than me, as better than me, as God, in fact, of who you are. 
And this moment in our history reveals the world is crying out for someone to be in charge, for someone to be better, for someone to be responsible, for someone to be right, for someone to take charge. But the restlessness of man and the rebellion of man reveals just how far humanity has preferred to be in charge. Let me assure you today, there is one true Lord, one worthy master, one worthy of respect, one who for eternity will be honored. He's outstanding and exceptional, powerful and strong, humble and exalting, loving and kind. He's tested and true. And in Revelation chapter four, it says, around the throne on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. And this first living creature is like a lion and the second living creature like an ox and the third living creature with the face of a man and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four creatures, each of them with six wings are full of eyes around and within and day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast down their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord, our ruler and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will, they existed and were created. This is where we land today. He is Adonai. He is the one who possesses and exercises power and authority, and he is the one that respect is due. I wanna pray for you today that as we think about him as our creator God, as the I am who I am, as the one who is worthy, I want you to Add into your mind the way you think about him. Not only is he the I am who I am, not only is he the creator God and the sustainer God, but he is the God who rules and reigns over your life. And whatever your doubts are, remember the demonstrated faithfulness of God. Whatever your excuses are or your hesitations are, remember the demonstrated faithfulness of God. And whatever it is that is standing in the way of him truly being Lord over your life and in your life because he is your life, you need to yield it to him. And don't let your inability and don't let your fear and don't let what you don't think you can do in light of what he has promised to do, don't let doubt stand in the way of God's demonstrated faithfulness for you today. He is Lord who rules and reigns over all. Let's pray. Father, today as we are your people, God, we submit and yield to you. You're the one that can make nations possible. You're the one that does the miracles. You're the one that moves beyond our excuses and our inabilities and our doubts. And you are the one that demonstrates faithfulness to every generation. For you are the Lord and you never change. I pray today, God, that we all would yield to you as the one who has authority and as the one to whom we are to respect. We pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.
Hey, thanks for listening to this week's sermon. We do hope that it was a joy to listen to, that it encouraged your soul, and that it increased your faith in the goodness of our God. Adonai is truly worthy of our worship. And if you'd like to know more information about how we do that at Grace Auburn, or if you'd like to know uh, more about our mission and what it is that, that we are about, you can visit our website at graceauburn.church. We hope to see you soon.